Hey everybody, you're listening to Nothing But Everything, the podcast where we talk about nothing, everything, and anything in between in hopes that you leave here feeling a little bit better about yourself. I'm your host and resident 20-something, Taylor Ann Carpenter. Today's episode has nothing to do with living in the past, but everything to do with looking to the future. We're talking about women who tell our stories. March 8th was International Women's Day, as I'm sure many of you noticed via social media. But going beyond just a day, in America, March is known as National Women's History Month. It is a time for us to celebrate the accomplishments and advancements to our society made by women. A quick little history lesson for you. Back in 1909, women in Manhattan gathered on February 28th to celebrate the anniversary of the 1908 strike held by women in the garment industry. In the following years, several other countries chose a day around the same time to honor women. By the end of World War II, March 8th had become widely celebrated and thus deemed International Women's Day. In 1978, women on the Education Task Force of Sonoma County Schools in California chose the week of March 8th to do a week-long study about women in history. This launched a movement across the nation for Women's History Week. And by 1980, President Jimmy Carter issued a presidential proclamation making the week of March 8th National Women's History Week. As the National Women's History Museum wrote, quote, Subsequent presidents continued to proclaim a National Women's History Week in March until 1987 when Congress passed Public Law 100-9 designated March as Women's History Month. Starting in 1987, the National Women's History Alliance named a theme for each year with the idea that programming, education, and other events would center around women who fall into these specific categories. With these themes, women in different industries are celebrated for their accomplishments. Like in 2016, when the theme was working to form a more perfect union, honoring women in public service and government. Or the year 2000, when the theme was an extraordinary century for women, 1900 to 2000. Or even last year's theme, women providing healing, promoting hope. The 2023 theme is celebrating women who tell our stories. And that's what we'll be discussing today on Nothing But Everything. So let's kick this off with a woman I absolutely adore. Her name is Ida B. Wells. Wells was born in Mississippi in July of 1862. You might recall from history class that 1862 took place during the Civil War. Therefore, as a black child born in the South, she was born into slavery. After her parents died from the yellow fever, Wells was left to raise her younger siblings, so she took a job as an educator to provide for them. Eventually, she moved to Memphis, Tennessee with her siblings and worked as an educator there. You might be thinking, wow, that's cool and all, but what does any of that have to do with her making history, or let alone sticking to the theme of women who tell our stories? But bear with me, this is where the story really kicks up. So when Ida moved to Memphis, she became close friends with a man named Thomas Moss. Moss was an African-American man who owned a grocery store called People's Grocery with two of his friends, Will Stewart and Calvin McDowell. It was a successful business that rivaled white-owned grocery stores. Racial tension was already high at this point in time. JSTOR Daily, a digital database that provides historical context and understanding through its access to articles, academic writings, research, images, and other primary sources, explained that, quote, neither his social nor economic status saved him from racial hostility of the South. 
Things really got tense when there was a fight between two teens, one black and one white, outside the grocery store. People began taking sides. Even after the black boy won, physical fights continued between the adult men. These fights gave William Barrett, owner of a rival grocery store, the incentive to talk to authorities about a rumor that was allegedly going around. That rumor was that black residents were planning a conspiracy against the white residents. As racial tensions escalated with another black man being shot by a white grocer, different white grocer, Moss and his friends worried that something would happen to them. And sure enough, it did. A shootout occurred and several black men were arrested, including Moss. Now there's a lot more details to the story, but for the sake of time, we are going to skip a few of the details. A group of white men stormed the jail and dragged out Moss, Stewart, and McDowell. All three were brutally lynched. But what does Ida B. Wells have to do with all this? The lynching of Thomas Moss prompted Wells to write an editorial telling fellow African-American residents to get out of Memphis. This launched Wells' anti-lynching campaign where she wrote hundreds of articles detailing the lynching of black men across the South. Her work gave her many enemies, which caused her to flee to New York City. After some time in New York City, Wells traveled to Washington, D.C. to, as the Bill of Rights Institute wrote, quote, implore President William McKinley to institute reforms against lynching and discrimination. Later, Wells became a co-founder of the NAACP. Wells was also a champion for women's suffrage, in particular, black women's suffrage. Though fighting for women's right to vote, she faced racism from white women, but she didn't let that stop her. She was the only black woman representing the Illinois delegation in the first suffragist parade in Washington, D.C. in 1913. And to make matters worse, at the last minute, she was asked to move to the back of the parade. She went on to create other civil rights organizations, including the National Association of Colored Women and the Alpha Suffrage Club. Wells died in 1931, but it wasn't until 2020 that she was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for her, quote, outstanding and courageous reporting on the horrific and vicious violence against African Americans during the era of lynching. Ida B. Wells spent her life telling the stories of black men and women in hopes that there could one day be equality. She used her talents in journalism and spoke up for those who couldn't. Wells is known in the journalism world for being one of the first to pioneer investigative journalism. She was bold, honest, and fought to make the world a better place. She once said, quote, The way to right wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them. Moving on to our next woman, Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno is a Puerto Rican actress, singer, and dancer. At the age of five, Moreno and her mother moved to New York City. She got her start in the industry at the ripe age of 11. After her Broadway debut at 13, Moreno began getting smaller roles in films, her first one being the 1950s film entitled So Young, So Bad. She then signed a seven-year contract with Hollywood production giant MGM. This helped her land the role of Zelda Zanders in the movie musical Singing in the Rain, starring Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds, and Donald O'Connor. Quick side note, for all my Disney fans, Debbie Reynolds was the magical grandma in the Halloween Town movies. Rita Moreno didn't have an easy time in the industry. She faced a lot of adversity when it came to her race and body. She was frequently typecasted in roles where she was given, as the National Women's History Museum wrote, quote, stereotypical ethnic or sexualized roles. Moreno was cast in roles where she portrayed Hawaiian, Native American, Egyptian, and Filipino women. In the movie adaptation of West Side Story, she was cast as Anita and ended up winning an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in 1962. 
Even after her big win, she was still only being offered, quote, exotic roles, which prompted her to leave the business and only participate in summer theater for almost a decade. Once returning to Hollywood, Moreno starred in the PBS show Electric Company, which resulted in her winning a Grammy in 1972 for the show's album, which she contributed to. Three years later, Moreno won a Tony for her supporting role in the Broadway musical The Ritz. And finally, in 1977, Rita Moreno won her first Primetime Emmy Award for her appearance on The Muppet Show. Rita Moreno was the first Latin American woman to win an EGOT. What is an EGOT? It is the name of all four of the major American entertainment awards, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. What's so special about Moreno winning an EGOT? Well, despite how long these awards have been around, Moreno is only one of the now 18 winners of the crowning achievement. Moreno is also the only Latin American person to win an EGOT. On top of winning what most entertainers only dream of getting, Rita Moreno also received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2004 from President George W. Bush for, as the National Women's History Museum put it, quote, her many contributions to the arts. And in 2009, she received the National Medal of Arts from President Barack Obama. In continuing her contribution to the arts, Moreno executive produced the 2020 remake of West Side Story and continues to perform in leading roles in movies and TV shows. Moreno was not the only Latina to face adversity in the entertainment industry, but she said this in regards to her challenges. Quote, My middle name really is Perseverance. I've always believed that I had talent, even when I felt like a very inferior sort of person, which I spent a lot of time living my life feeling that I wasn't worthy. But even then, I knew that I had something special, and maybe that's what it takes. Maybe people need to have that kind of particular core driving them. But I felt I had talent. Our third person is a woman whose name y'all probably won't recognize, but you are probably familiar with her work. Catherine Graham worked for the Washington Post in the editorial and circulation department until her husband, Philip Graham, the owner and editor, passed away. What she is most known for is giving the go-ahead to her writers and publishing the Pentagon Papers as well as Watergate stories. For those who don't know, the Pentagon Papers were classified documents from the Department of Defense detailing the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. As NewYorkHistory.org said, quote, The Pentagon Papers laid out in devastating detail how the U.S. government had escalated its commitment to the increasingly unpopular war while concealing it from the public growing pessimism about its odds of success. The New York Times initially published the first article about the papers, but the Nixon administration sued thus stopping further installments of the paper. A few months later, Graham's editors returned to work after visiting Daniel Ellsberg, one of the analysts of the report, at his home with a partial copy of the Pentagon Papers. Knowing the risk that she was taking by publishing the papers, Catherine Graham sought legal counsel. They told her not to publish the reports. Her editors and reporters argued over the pros and cons, but she ultimately decided to publish. The risks that could ensue were large criminal charges, loss of credibility, and grounds for the FCC to strip the Washington Post company of their license. Despite the potential loss of her reputation and her company, Graham stood up for freedom of speech and freedom of press. There is so much more to this story and so much more to Katherine Graham and her fight for First Amendment freedoms. She went to court over the papers she published and the ruling in her favor changed the media industry forever. Katherine Graham did so much for journalism and for women. She's the first female executive officer of a Fortune 500 company, 
Graham was also awarded a Pulitzer Prize for her biography, Personal History, which details her life and work at the Washington Post. After her death in 2001, Katherine Graham was still influencing the media and entertainment world. Graham's impact was recently depicted in the 2017 Steven Spielberg movie, The Post. The movie stars Tom Hanks, and Graham is portrayed by none other than Meryl Streep. As someone who watched that movie, I would 100% recommend it. Graham is a trailblazer in the pursuit of truth and said, quote, If we had failed to pursue the facts as far as they had led, we would have denied the public of any knowledge of an unprecedented scheme of political surveillance and sabotage. She understood the need to pursue the facts and publicize them. She knew that the work she did, though not often considered a noble profession, would benefit society and our country. Our final storyteller is a singer, songwriter, performer, philanthropist, businesswoman, and voice for those without a voice. That woman is none other than the queen of country herself, Dolly Parton. I am not a big country music fan, but I am a Dolly Parton fan. This woman is a force to be reckoned with. She grew up with 11 siblings in a small town in East Tennessee. She didn't have much money growing up, but she still achieved so much. The Country Music Hall of Fame said Dolly Parton, among country music women from the 60s and 70s, quote, revolutionized the world of country music for women performers. Dolly Parton is an icon to many, but what I love about Dolly isn't the fact that she is a 12-time Grammy winner. It isn't about her 50 years of experience in the music industry. It isn't her impact on country music. To me, she isn't an icon because of her nine Country Music Award wins or the fact that she successfully crossed over into the pop scene, which rarely happens. I don't love Dolly for her theme park or for her acting career or her hit song, I Will Always Love You, sung by the icon Whitney Houston. Those are all huge accomplishments, but I think Dolly is an icon because of her philanthropy and care for other people. The stories Dolly Parton tells aren't just in her music. They aren't just through her acting. They are through the way that she conducts herself and the role she plays in the community. She does this in so many different ways, but the way I love most is through Dolly's Imagination Library. As stated on their website, the library is a, quote, book gifting program that mails free, high-quality books to children from birth to age five, no matter the family's income. Befitting of this year's Women History Month theme, Dolly Parton brings stories to children and promotes literacy and the ability for our youth to tell their own stories. Dolly's Imagination Library was started in 1995 in her home county of Sevier County, Tennessee, and it was a huge success almost immediately. In 2004, the state of Tennessee decided to partner with the Imagination Library to expand the program to the entire state. And shortly after, the program became countrywide, and by 2006, it was beginning international endeavors. Being a native Tennessean, I partook in Dolly's Imagination Library. I remember being a kid and checking the mail to see if I had gotten any books from Dolly. I remember reading them over and over again with my parents and grandparents. I remember being read too. I remember learning how to read. These stories were fun and sparked curiosity. Some of my favorite childhood books came from Dolly's Imagination Library. Titles such as Llama Llama Red Pajama or The Little Engine That Could were some that I remember vividly and still love to read. Now as a 20-something, I occasionally babysit and read with my kids. And I see that the kids I'm babysitting for are getting books from Dolly and finding the same amount of joy that I once had for the Imagination Library. Dolly Parton said, quote, When I was growing up in the hills of East Tennessee, I knew my dreams would come true. I know there are children in your community with their own dreams. 
they dream of becoming a doctor or an inventor or a minister. Who knows? Maybe there is a little girl whose dream is to be a writer and a singer. Seeds of these dreams are often found in books, and the seeds you help plant in your community can grow across the world. Dolly helped plant seeds in me and many others, and has been doing so for many, many decades now. Now you might be wondering, what do all these women have in common? Great question. Yes, they are all women. Thank you for being so obvious. Yes, they all told stories. But what these women truly have in common is overcoming adversity and leaving a lasting impact on the world that paves the way for future generations of women to do the same. Ida B. Wells became an investigative journalist and changed journalism, but also led the crusade for anti-lynching and black women's suffrage. Rita Moreno became the first Latina woman to achieve EGOT status despite the racism and stereotyping she faced. Catherine Graham risked her successful paper in the name of truth by releasing the Pentagon Papers. Dolly Parton used her resources to be a champion for literature and brought the wonders of stories to children all over the world, even though she grew up in a big family with little money. Yet each of these women have their stories being told in 2023. It is amazing to see what you're passionate about becoming something that inspires others and changes the world. So women, my words for you are to be like these women. Achieve great things, think of others, and look to the future. Strive to create a meaningful life for your future daughters and granddaughters. Strive to make their lives equitable and equal to their male counterparts. Be courageous and do things that are difficult. Stand up for yourself and for women. Find a way to tell your story and make a difference in someone's life. Your impact doesn't have to be broadcasted all over the place, but the girls and women around you are watching. You never know how your actions can impact and inspire those around you. Men, if there is a woman in your life, thank her or just tell her how important she is. And as you go about your everyday life, find opportunities to assist women in making history. Don't outshine or take charge, but use your standing to provide resources. Give them the platform they need to share their stories. If you've got the tools, might as well put them to good use. And for everyone, I believe the challenges we face ultimately make us stronger and make our victories that much sweeter. If you are fighting the good fight with your heart in the right place, it will all be worth it in the end. Just look at these women and dozens upon dozens of others who tell stories of trials turned to triumphs. It wasn't about themselves, but about others. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening to Nothing But Everything. I hope you enjoyed our time together and are feeling a little bit more seen. If you like this podcast, feel free to subscribe and stay up to date on all our episodes. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at TatGirl or on Twitter at TaylorAnnCarpe. Bye, y'all.